Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Mind Virus Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Flood, and sitting across from me today is nobody. Jordan Bruno is still traveling, and I was unable to secure a guest, and so I'm going to try something a little different today. I'm going to record this solo. So it's just Bobby. It's just Bobby and maybe a voice or two, but probably just Bobby because Dr. Fauci, see, I, nobody wants to talk to me anymore. I've been relegated to the dustbin of irrelevance. And so it's just Bobby. <clears throat> anyway, uh, before we kind of launch into this, before I launch into this, I want to invite you to check out our episode last week. Uh, had Eric Mutzos on, and we had a good conversation. That is on the website, mindvirus.show, and of course, your favorite podcast aggregator, uh, Spotify, Apple, and uh, various other big business conglomerates who are controlling every little aspect of our lives, <clears throat> which is sort of the topic I want to talk about today. There's so much happening, and and it's all happening so quickly that I think it's important to once in a while step back and try to figure out what exactly is is going on, and what exactly the effect, what exact effect does it have on our on our on our individual lives, on you and me and others? What effect does it have on our brains, on our minds? Uh, this show is called Mind Virus. When Jordan and I discussed what we wanted to call the show, <clears throat> we had a few ideas for a title. We knew it needed to be something easy to remember and catchy and all of that. Um, but we wanted it to be descriptive of what, the, what types of things we would talk about. And Mind Virus just seemed uh, appropriate because uh, at the time we were neck deep in the coronavirus pandemic or plandemic. We uh, were seeing all kinds of, of psychological operations being played out in real time all around us. And we're still seeing that. The, today, by the way, is Monday. Today is Monday, March 14th. Uh, Pi Day, I, I guess. I've been told. That it's pie day. <clears throat> so go have a piece of pie and uh, uh, enjoy this. You're not going to be listening to this on pie day. I always have to remember that this is going to be delayed to you <laughs> by a day or two, depending on how long it takes us to get it out there on the internet. But a lot is happening very, very quickly. Jordan has talked about how the Overall, the overall plan uh, is being rolled out slowly, that the oligarchy is patient. And I think he's right. 
but there's definitely been an acceleration since 2020, and maybe even since 2000. I think that 9-11-2001 was a moment of acceleration, and we moved into a different phase in all of this. And what is all of this? What is it? If I were to sum it up, that's a good question. Uh, Something that uh, if you have an answer to, what is all of this? What are they up to? Leave it in the comments on our on our website at mindvirus.show. I'm also going to try to answer that question a little bit today. And I want to start off by asking one question. I was going to say one simple question, but I don't think it is a simple question. One question, and it's related to the bigger question of what is all this. What are we being told to believe? What are we being told to believe? And then, of course, follow up. Who is telling us and why? (coughs) So, if you turn on the news right now, today, on Monday, March 14th, what are you going to see? Uh, Let's try it. Uh, I'm not going to turn on the news. Well, let's just go to, I don't have a television right here, but let's just go to my Apple News. Uh, app, the little uh, app that's built into my phone, if I can even find it, and just read some headlines. Let's see what I'm being told to believe today on Monday, March 14th, 2022. The top story from NBC News, Russia pounds Ukraine as fourth round of talks are suspended for a day. Subheadlines, Washington Post, pregnant mother who's Photo showed tragedy of maternity hospital bombing dies with her baby. Okay, another Russia-Ukraine. Wall Street Journal. Russian forces are killing civilians, looting for supplies in occupied Ukraine. ABC News. China orders 51 million into lockdowns as COVID surges. CNN. Why are U.S. gas prices soaring when America barely uses Russian oil? Oh, yes, the Putin's price hike narrative. Okay, Bloomberg Businessweek. Wells Fargo rejected half its black applicants in the mortgage, dot, dot, dot. The headline cuts off, so some race, uh, race baiting. And then there's just a, a link for uh, more stories from Apple News called Crisis in Ukraine, where I can click that and, and get more. Uh, Trending, so those are the top stories, the big headlines with the pictures. Then you have trending stories, and you have stuff about the housing market, more potent, uh, sorry, more potent, (laughs) I'm trying to read too many things at once, more potent headlines, some things about uh, ADHD drugs, and uh, something about Dolly Parton. And then you start to get into more... uh, uh, some sports and other things. But most people aren't going to scroll down that far if they're using this app. What they're going to see is a bunch of stuff about Russia and Ukraine and how terrible Russia is acting towards Ukraine. Now, Jordan and I have discussed this. We talked about it a little bit with Eric last week. I don't really know what's going on in Ukraine. I don't know what the facts are. 
I know there's a lot of things that aren't factual. In fact, that headline about the mother and the baby and the and the hospital bombing, I have seen some questions about the authenticity of that entire story. There's this idea that there are old Cold War buildings, kind of abandoned buildings that get used in military training exercises over there, and that that hospital might have just been one of those and wasn't actually bombed when they say it was bombed. Is that true? I don't know. I have no way of really knowing. None of us do. But the narrative, what we're being told to do and to believe is that Russia is a bully and it's picking on an innocent, virtuous victim in Ukraine. I was driving down the road recently here in Utah, and a McDonald's corporation, a McDonald's billboard, instead of advertising three for five bucks or whatever, had the Ukrainian flag and said, we stand with Ukraine on their marquee. I've seen this on, uh, in Utah on the freeways. There are these little digital message boards that, uh, that uh, cross the freeway, so you drive underneath them. They're meant for things like hazardous road conditions or road closures or estimated travel times, but often get hijacked into propaganda messages. Over the last uh, couple of years, we've seen a lot about getting tested, getting vaccinated, staying home, and saving lives. Uh, they congratulated Governor Cox when he won the, uh, the election, which I, I felt like was an inappropriate thing to do for an what is supposed to be an information board and a safety board, they, of course, recently are standing with Ukraine. And Utah has fallen head over heels into this uh, Ukrainian fundraising and uh, social, social activities. They had some kind of event where they raised money, the Utah Jazz. I should say the ownership and the management of the Utah Jazz is all in on it. And nobody seems to be really taking a step back and saying, why is what's happening happening? Okay, why, why is Putin invading uh, Ukraine? And nobody's taking a step back and saying, is what I'm being told to believe actually happening? And why am I being told to believe it? Why are we being told to stand with Ukraine? And that's a question I don't have an answer to. I have some ideas. I have some theories. And maybe I'll try to hash them out in this uh, monologue, in this stream of consciousness. But why is always a very important question. Why? As we've, as we've talked about on this podcast a lot. Why? Who? Why now? Why now? Well, COVID. The COVID pandemic hysteria is starting somewhat to fade away. Now, they're planting seeds, as we saw in that headline in Apple News, that China is now uh, implementing new lockdowns. And it will be interesting to see if that is tried again in the West. Are they going to hit a reset button and try to just recycle the entire COVID narrative as we see a little uptick in cases as we normally do in certain climates during the summer. By the way, today is, we're, this, this whole week is kind of the two-year anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread. 
it was uh, during that uh, that week of March 11th to March 15th or so in 2020 that everything fell apart and everything shut down. <clears throat> and even then, right, how many people just simply went along with it and said, well, it's for our safety. This is unprecedented. I remember asking some people that I know at that time, why this reaction to this virus? What makes this virus so much different that we need to close down society, that we need to hide in our homes, that we need to eventually, we were told, eventually, that we needed to cover our faces. The face masks were not part of the initial rollout. And I've often wondered about that. Maybe that was, uh, maybe they thought it would be too much at once. Maybe it was just something that came about later. But why this reaction to this virus? And I got a whole bunch of different answers. Everybody said something different. Well, it's very lethal virus, some said. Some said uh, it's very contagious. Some others said we just don't know anything about it. It's a novel coronavirus. Well, in the end, the answer was that we didn't need to act that way. We shouldn't have, and that lockdowns cost lives. Lockdowns, lockdowns hurt more people than they protected, and we saw an uptick in all kinds of bad things like suicide, drug abuse, ab uh, spouse abuse, child abuse, uh, uh, cancer Diagnosis. There's an article recently in, in Communist KSL talking about the uptick in cancer here in the state of Utah because cancer screenings went, uh, they, they were skipped. People didn't go get their health checkups, their health checkups, and now they have cancer that may have been detected earlier and maybe would have been more treatable. And certainly there are going to be people who die or who get very, very sick, who maybe didn't need to, because we were told by local officials like Angela Dunn and Gary Herbert and Spencer Cox and the Utah Department of Health, and national officials like Fauci and Burks and Trump and the news media ad nauseum to stay home, stay safe. We had celebrities telling us all of this, this garbage. They had a stay home, alone together, global citizen concert with Lady Gaga and others. We've mentioned that. The messaging was all uh, uh, was all universal. It was instant. It was instant. Within those few days, every major media outlet, every government, from national, international, NGOs, corporations, institutions, were all telling us the same thing. Down to your down to your county commissioners and your mayors and your city councilmen. There's a playground very close to my house, and it was taped off. It was taped off with police tape and closed because this is March 2020, because somehow kids playing outside on a playground were putting everyone, including themselves, at risk. And we look back and we, we some of us are, uh, even at the time, would scoff at all of that and say, what is going on? I was on a a walk with Jordan, you know, the, before this, before this podcast, this podcast sort of evolved out of these uh, uh, walks through the neighborhoods that uh, Jordan and I would often take to talk about things the way we do now on the podcast. And it was on one of those, we said, hey, let's record this. Let's record one of these and see what happens. And now here we are 
on episode 66 or 67, something like that. And we hope you guys like it. We hope uh, our listeners are enjoying this. If you're not, leave a comment and tell us why. If you are, leave a comment and tell us why. We'd like to get some feedback. We are always interested in feedback and insight. We know we have listeners that think and uh, uh, ponder these important things. They ponderize these important subjects. But all of the messaging was, uh, it was instantaneous. It was all on point. They used the same logos and colors and catchphrases. And so many people just went along with it. Fear, fear bubbled up out of, out of nowhere and just filled the hearts of men. We were, I, I remember walking, uh, walking through grocery stores at the time because grocery stores, of course, were essential. Uh, as long as you were a big chain, you were essential. And people are, you could just see the fear on people's faces. and. I was afraid at that time. I was concerned, not from the virus, but I knew something was wrong. Something was going terribly wrong in society and that we might not ever recover. And I don't think I had any unique insight. I think there was a lot of people that were feeling what I was feeling. And of course, uh, uh, we, we often talk about how we, you know, Jordan and I are Mormons. We're LDS that week. The, there was an earthquake here in Salt Lake City, and it knocked the trumpet out of Moroni's hand, the statue of Moroni on top of the Salt Lake Temple, which was under construction and, and remains under construction still, a big renovation project. But that, that uh, statue, that gold statue on top of the temple, faces to the east, and uh, Moroni is blowing a trumpet. It's very symbolic. And the trumpet was dropped. The whole statue didn't fall off the temple, just the trumpet, which I found extremely unique. I don't know if in the construction of that statue, the trumpet was a a separate item that was sort of fused into into the hand and maybe welded onto the face. I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that. But for just the trumpet to fall, out of the hand of the statue of Moroni is, is undeniable symbolism. And what does it symbolize, in my opinion? In my opinion, it symbolized the shutting of the heavens in, in an institutional manner. It, it shut, that same week, the LDS church shut down its churches and its temples. And I think that that is not a coincidence. And I think it's a call for all of us every one of us, to individually wrestle with heaven and to learn to discern truth and light and darkness for ourselves, because we have to do it on our own. As we've seen over the last two years, and we'll continue to see that the people that are supposed to be trustworthy, the institutions, right, the news, the uh, medical, the government, the churches, the corporations that we're all supposed to trust based on their own advertising, we're supposed to, to love and trust brands, right, are not trustworthy because we've been lied to. We've been lied to for far longer than two years, but these last two years have been a blatant and heavy-handed 
lie after lie after lie. And so now I'm wondering what is the lie and what is the truth behind this new cause of the day with Ukraine? I don't know. I don't know what is right and what is wrong or what is true and what is false coming from Ukraine. I've done some homework. I watched the Oliver Stone produced documentary called Ukraine on Fire, which was created in, I think, 2018 or 19. Uh, YouTube has erased it from existence, but you can find it on Rumble. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. It has interviews with Vladimir Putin and with the deposed president of Ukraine at that time, the pro-Russian president that was elected and then overthrown by a U.S. military and U.S. government-backed coup. And uh, these are things that before a couple weeks ago, really, were kind of well-known. And, and, uh, but most of the social media bots, and I think social media is probably at least half-fake. The internet's probably half-fake when you look at comments and uh, accounts and tweets and Facebook posts. I think a lot of these are just bots. It's real easy to create bots and to buy bots and then to tell them what to say. And there's bot farms and algorithms. <coughs> I've been playing a video game recently that's being overrun by bots. And you can, you, it's easy to tell who they are. And it's very hard for the manufacturer or the developers of the video game to shut them down. And so you can see them running along these designated paths in this, you know, scripted paths, doing scripted things. And the reason they exist is to farm gold that then can then be sold for real money, which is, of course, against the terms of service for the game. But it's very hard to get on top of and to, uh, to shut these bot accounts down because when, when some are banned, they just make more. It can all be automated. But overnight, overnight, we went from get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated to standing with Ukraine. And there were some people <laughs> who uh, uh, struggled with that, that switch, uh, who were trying to have it both ways. I, there was one account on Twitter that said, I'm very concerned about the people in Ukraine. They, uh, they have a very low vaccination rate. And they're going to be huddling in homes, uh, taking shelter from the Russian missiles. And I just thought, this is perfect absurdity. That, that one tweet encompasses the perfect absurdity that is just running rampant in the earth today. Now think about if your home was under attack, military attack, and you were taking shelter in basements or bunkers or whatever, would you be worried about vaccination status of the people who you were sheltering with? Especially in in many cases, if you were sheltering with people you knew, like your family or extended family. And yet, and yet, here we are. We are being manipulated. And uh, we, we've talked about that a lot. I think all of our listeners know that. We're being manipulated to trust the government, to trust the experts, to trust the institutions. And if you don't, you're going to be unpersoned. We're seeing the unpersoning of the entire uh, population of Russia. 
I find that really disturbing. There are a lot of honest Russians. There are a lot of honest Ukrainians. There are a lot of honest, unvaccinated people. Well, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. The unvaccinated probably should all die. They never wore a mask either. But we see how easy it, it goes from the unvaccinated, who are posing a imminent threat to society. That's what we were told, right? Anybody who tries to deny that is trying to rewrite history. But many prominent voices in the media and in government and in, in the uh, medical establishment were just fine with the unvaccinated being ex- excluded from society and even jailed or having their finances cut off or having uh, the, uh, being denied medical care if they did get sick with anything, not just coronavirus. And now that's happening in Russia. You have uh, American companies uh, like McDonald's and Coca-Cola leaving Russia, refusing to, to serve Russians. I saw a video, again, I, I don't know about the authenticity of any of this, but there was a video of a McDonald's somewhere in Russia, and the line to get in was, you know, the drive through line was hours long because the restaurant was going to close the next day, and so people wanted to go get one last quarter pounder, I guess. <clears throat> We've had uh, credit card companies limit who can use their credit cards, Visa, MasterCard. I'm sure all the major credit card companies are on board now. And the way I understand it, the last update I saw was that uh, credit cards issued outside of Russia cannot be used inside of Russia. So if you're an American in Russia and you have an American-based credit card, you would be cut off. And then Russian credit cards cannot be used outside of Russia. So if you're a Russian living in Germany or the United States, but had a Russian-based card, you'd be out of luck. Now, I think that's just a forerunner for shutting down the finances of anybody for any reason if they uh, uh, run afoul of the uh, current narrative, whatever that narrative might be. We saw that with Canadian truckers. I also have seen stories this week about uh, uh, digital currencies. I know I pound the table about that. Uh, The White House, Joe Biden's White House, has put out a statement saying that they will be researching. Uh, central bank digital currencies, and the uh, possibility of a digital dollar. The implications of this are immense. They're massive. I saw, uh, uh, I'm just sort of dump, uh, kind of an info dump here. I saw here in Utah uh, an alleged incident. Again, I cannot verify any of this because it's just on the internet, social media and Twitter, and gets passed around. But uh, a Tesla owner, had failed to pay his payments. And uh, Tesla, Tesla was able to use location data to locate the vehicle, shut the vehicle down, and uh, uh, facilitate its towing away so to be impounded with the possibility, the, the person who posted this, which was a Tesla dealer of some kind, said that in the future, uh, Teslas that needed to be impounded could just be self-driven, oh, you know, override the, the owner's wishes and just be self-driven, programmed to be self-driven to the impound lot. 
And of course, uh, there's these regulations that cars, all new cars will need to have a remote shutdown uh, switch built into them by 2025 or whatever the year is. Everything is culminating in the control of everything. Currency, uh, all of our electronics, we're so dependent on these devices and everything that goes along with them. And they're used to manipulate our brains into thinking that all of this is just fine. All of this is normal. Our privacy, our uh, the way we earn a living, how much money we earn, what we can spend it on, where we can travel, how we can travel, what we can say, what we can think, what we can believe, what we can eat, is all being gathered up and put into one corral that can be controlled and manipulated and certain things can be eliminated. They're trying to eliminate meat. They're trying to eliminate uh, misinformation or disinformation. Of course, nobody knows what mis or disinformation is because it can change weekly. So what do we do? What do we do about all of this? I'm going to wrap this up soon. This will be a shorter episode because I know there's only so much of me that all of you can take. But what do we do? How can we combat this massive, massive mind takeover? This mind virus. Is there a vaccine for the mind virus? That is, uh, well, I think there's not a vaccine, but I do think there's good preventative care. And I think it starts with, uh, it starts with searching for truth uh, and going right to the source of truth, which is Jesus Christ. And we've talked about that a lot, Jordan and I, and we will continue to do so because it's something that we fundamentally believe in, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. He is the living waters. And we also believe in the prophecies in the scriptures that say that there will be tumultuous times and men's hearts will fail them and there will be wars and rumors of wars and will be ruled by babes, meaning children, meaning uh, adults who act like children. Uh, there is a, there, the, the world is covered in lies. It's mired in lies. And people, evil conspiring men, are creating situations that benefit themselves. They don't care if we live or die. They don't care if we're happy, if we're miserable, only if their machinations work, only if they're able to enrich themselves and their own power and authority influence. Of course, money uh, is a big driver of this. So what do we do? What do we do beyond searching for truth? Well, I think that, uh, I think it's a good time to learn different skills. I think it's a a good time to make a roadmap for maybe de-digitizing yourself. (laughs) That's hard to do. Our cars, you know, there's a bunch of Jeep Broncos, apparently, or I'm sorry, Ford Broncos. And I probably just offended a lot of people. Ford Broncos are sitting on lots, unable to be sold because they don't have the proper computer chips. And uh, they're just sitting there because they're so reliant on that electronic component. Our cars, our TVs, our computers, our phones, our iPads, everything is electronic and computerized. 
and I'm not sure. I think that that people in my age bracket, the Gen Xers, would be just fine if somehow the world kind of went analog because we remember that. We lived through that. We grew up with that. People younger than us would really struggle. I mean, they wouldn't know how to make a phone call. I don't know if any phone calls would even be hooked up to anything. Any old, old phones would be hooked up. They wouldn't know how to read a map. They <laughs> wouldn't know how to, how to uh, fill out like a paper, paperwork to, to order something from a catalog. <clears throat> well, I don't think that we're ever going to be in an analog world. I think everything's going to be hyper, hyper digitized. But to escape that, we might need to live analog in a digital world. <clears throat> so that might mean learning some practical skills like uh, just how to fix your house up, how to grow food, how to butcher an animal, uh, you know, how to hunt, how to fish, how to build something. Uh, some skills that you can use to barter uh, if we ever got to that point. Where if you were if your social credit score was so low that your digital GovCoin supply was cut off, or that you spent you know you accidentally spent some on some black market meat, which you couldn't buy in the black market with the GovCoin, but maybe you maybe it was found out that you traded some bullets for for a steak, and uh, your your GovCoins were cut off. There's endless scenarios, right? We could think of them, and it would make good good uh, plot points and uh, world building elements for a, a dystopian novel. And we're we're more and more we're living in a dystopian novel, but there's much good. There's still much good, and I think that that's in the other uh, important thing to do beyond uh, de-digitizing ourselves and learning skills is to recognize the good and to speak the truth. People are hungry for the truth. Jordan once said, one of our very first episodes said, there's a famine of truth in the land. That is true. That is right. That is correct. And how do we, how do we, how do we fix that famine? How do, we, how do we end the famine of truth? Well, we tell the truth. We speak the truth. We seek for the truth. And I think that that, above all, is the, is the vaccine <clears throat> for this virus that is afflicting the minds and hearts of men. In conclusion, I just want to just remind everybody, and I probably don't need to remind these, this group of listeners, but take everything you're seeing in the news with a bit of skepticism and ask yourself, does this make sense? There was a photo cir- circulating on social media. It was a very uh, impactful image. It showed a girl, maybe eight or ten years old, sitting in a busted-up windowsill. It looked like the building had been shot up and bombed. She has blue and yellow braids, uh, uh, ribbons braided through her hair. She's sitting in the windowsill, and in her lap is a shotgun you know, a a tactical style shotgun. And in her mouth is what looks like I thought at first was a cigarette, but I zoomed in and I think it's a lollipop. And, and, you know, of course, a little girl with a lollipop is the epitome of childhood innocence, right? And yet here she is, this uh, uh, girl with a lollipop and braids and ribbons braided through her hair 
sitting in a bombed out building with a shotgun as if she, this small girl who probably can't even, doesn't even have the strength to, to operate the shotgun. I'm not sure if it's a pump action or whatever, but, uh, and I'll see if I can still find this picture. We'll put it on the website. Well, some people did some digging and some searching. And again, I have no way of verifying any of this, but it turned out that allegedly, apparently the photo was staged. It wasn't, it's not real. It was the parent's shotgun and they set this all up and it, it, with some little bit of scrutiny, it's really obvious that it's staged. I mean, she's got the ribbons. The ribbons kind of give it away. The lollipop gives it away. The girl also doesn't look especially war-torn. You know, her face is clean, and she's got the hair and uh, clean clothes. And, of course, people are saying, well, it doesn't matter if it's staged. It evokes feelings. It evokes feelings. There was an ambassador, some. Uh, Somebody in the U.S. government said it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It evokes feelings. And I thought that was very telling because he's admitting that this is manipulative. It's not real. But because it could be, and because I feel a certain way when I see it, then we need to escalate a war with Russia. Mitt Romney calls for, is called for the escalation of this war. Uh, Lindsey Graham called publicly on Twitter, called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. There's a lot of people clamoring for a very, very destructive war that would kill millions of people, millions upon millions, potentially. And we have to ask ourselves, why? Why are, so, why are all the same people who told us to stay home, stay safe, that the vaccine is safe and effective, that the financial crisis was totally unavoidable, that 9-11 was perpetrated, 9-11 was carried out by uh, uh, Osama bin Laden and was planned in a cave somewhere in Afghanistan, and that because of that, we have to go to Afghanistan and fight a 20-year war there that accomplished nothing. The same people that told us Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Why are all of these same people, and I'm not even talking about the same kinds of people, but I'm talking about literally the same individuals in many cases, are telling us that we have to escalate this war in Russia. Why? Who benefits? And what is really at stake here? What is the long game? What is the big picture? And that is the question that I've been asking myself. I hope you're asking yourselves, what is all of this really about? And if I were to answer that question today, my opinion may change over the course of the next weeks or months, but if I was to answer that question today, which I'm going to do right now, this is all about the worldwide, the destabilization of worldwide systems, governments, currencies, institutions, traditions, expectations. It is, it is build back better. Well, to build back anything, you have to knock it down and you have to destroy it. And that's what we've been seeing. We've called the coronavirus pandemic a controlled demolition. Maybe now we're just moving into the demolition part of it, where it's not 
as controlled, because war, of course, is hard to control. I hope not. I hope this can de-escalate. But if it does de-escalate, it's going to do so because it's benefiting the people that escalated it in the first place. Okay, this, this tension between Ukraine and Russia is not new. And the United States has been a big part of it for a long time, uh, agitating and provoking and uh, surrounding Russia. We've basically surrounded Russia with NATO uh, military bases, and, which mainly, mainly just means the U.S. The, the NATO is the U.S. And so here we are on the brink of disaster. Uh, and uh, being told that uh, we'll own nothing and we'll be happy, and that our central bank digital currencies will be intimately tied to our ID and our behavior. And I have to wonder what we can do, what will, what will happen, what is going to transpire over the next several months. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I know today was a little bit different. I hope uh, you enjoyed this uh, stream of consciousness, this data info dump from the mind of Bobby Flood. Uh, please leave any comments or questions or contributions uh, in our comment section at mindvirus.show. And again, uh, <coughs> uh, last week we had a great conversation with Eric Mutzos. You can listen to that uh, on the website or your uh, podcast aggregator of choice and we are looking forward to jordan's return next week until then everybody stay home save lives or is that that's not the thing anymore right until then i stand with insert cause of the day here whatever it is i stand with it we'll talk to you again soon